Hello, friends. Welcome back to Love Wrestling. Spencer Love here. And of course, we just finished a major week in the world of professional wrestling. But wrestling never stops. We've got the National Wrestling Alliance back in action this weekend. And of course, you've got to have the NWA World Television Champion on the card in a premier match with Bully Ray, Thomas Latimer. Thomas, it is great to have you on, man. Thank you for joining me for the first time. How are you doing? Looks like a beautiful day for you. It is. I uh, the belt's in the in the in the house. If you want me to throw it in and get it, and so I haven't lost it. I just didn't think. Uh, I just didn't think it, it might look weird. The neighbors looking at me half naked uh, with a belt outside talking to a phone. So. <laughs> well, say la vie. You only want the belt out there when she's looking shined up, pretty, and a hundred and ten percent. Like I mentioned, though, a non-title matchup, a premiere, an exclusive, an exhibition, whatever you want to call it, matchup against Bully Ray this weekend. How are you feeling? He's had a really, really great year thus far, coming off a great 2022, coming off, obviously, a legendary career. So you're getting in the ring with him for the National Wrestling Alliance. How are you just feeling on uh, the eve of the eve, so to speak? I've been a fan of... uh of uh, bully you know since i was a kid i was an attitude era kid so uh and then when i joined tna in 2014 i was around him a bit then and you know our, our, our paths have crossed several times and then at nwa we sort of tagged together and done a few bits he had a big hand in um training my uh my wife uh camille um back in the day at team 3d and so sort of there's um you know there's there's some history there not so much one-on-one but there's you know there's there's some history there so i'm excited for it um and you know bully stays busy he's doing his thing everywhere um you know that's that's this that's the that's the level you want to be able to get to especially you know once you sort of uh, cemented your career and who you are to be able to stay busy still stay relevant still stay on every sort of major sort of wrestling promotion there is uh, so I'm excited about it. It's um, what's it? What's the word I'm trying to search for? It's out the blue, but uh, that's okay. Um, I'm hoping that it gets turned into a tables match. It's probably not a good thing to wish, considering that he is a master <laughs> of tables. But uh, you know, there's uh, I I like furniture, so as Completely long as I'm not fair. going through it, so he needs to be <laughs> the one that goes through it. But we'll, that could go either way. You like getting furniture involved. You like it even more when you're not the one involved with the furniture, hey? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now, I got to ask, especially here in that, I know you mentioned you're an Attitude Era fan, but I also know you've mentioned you're specifically a Jeff Hardy fan. Does that uh, maybe inspire you to hit Bully Ray a little bit harder considering the years of damage to a hero? I've already thought about (laughs) it. I've already, you know what I mean? But it's, uh, well, you know, know, I already know what I want to do. Whether that'll happen or not, but it will be it will be Jeffrey Nero inspired uh, if it happens. Yes, <laughs> you got to tune in this Friday, of course, to NWA three one two if you want to see that. But I wanted to bring that up because you mentioned some Jeffrey Nero stuff maybe being busted out this weekend, but uh, maybe Jeff Hardy's style and maybe the high flying style isn't necessarily the Thomas Latimer style, right? Mm. You're a bruiser, you're a brawler. You're really, you know, NWA centric in an old school mentality with it. So maybe who are some of your other heroes and what did you, uh, what did you find so interesting about Jeff Hardy? Maybe in spite of not wrestling in his exact style. So I don't know really. 
I sort of, I remember the pinnacle for me deciding that I want to be a pro wrestler, and it's the kind of it's um, it's a story that I think many people would say. Seeing seeing uh, Mick Foley get tossed off a cage for some reason inspired a lot of people to want to be a pro wrestler, right? <laughs> Which is completely <laughs> insane. But I remember seeing that and just being my mind was absolutely blown away. And once I'd seen that, I knew deep down I wanted to be a wrestler. But then when Jeff Hardy came on the scene, I remember thinking he is the coolest person in the world. Everything that Jeff, every he just he just oozes cool. And not only that, but he really made me appreciate and love selling, and which is something that you know in today's wrestling isn't sort of a big. In WWE, it is, you know, it helps tell a story and do all those other sorts of things. But it's, it feels like it's sort of like, uh, instead of it being first place, besides the story and the emotion, being uh, the selling then should then enter, you know, to help build the story and the emotion. And uh, a lot of that feels like that's sort of gone away now. And so I always loved watching Jeff Hardy, same with Shawn Michaels too, getting beaten up. Like it wasn't so. Don't don't get me wrong. I loved all the high flying and the jumping off stuff and and just the, the crazy ability that him and Sean had for moving. But it was just the way that they would sell and uh, they would they they made taking a beating look cool. So mo- you know what I mean. Most people want to go. Well, I don't want to hit this. I want to hit that. Uh, you know. Uh, I, I'm always thinking. Well, especially now that I'm a babyface and I get a chance to sort of you know sort of sell more. I'm always kind of thinking about certain ways to sell and how I would sell and, you know, try and use how Jeff might sell or, or, you know, uh, the young Shawn Michaels might sell. I just found the way that they got beaten up fascinating. So besides Jeff, and then obviously when I got into the wrestling, I realized, oh, wait, I can't do anything that Jeff does. (laughs) Uh, And if I do do it, it doesn't do any, it doesn't do him any justice or service. And there's bits that I can do, but obviously the older you get to, you do have to, you know, the risk versus the reward definitely is something now that at 36 would have been something that I wouldn't have thought about. And now now it's always in the back of my mind, no matter what I sort of do. And it, and that's just part of getting old, I think. Um, but uh, other guys that sort of inspired me. So Jeff Hardy and, and, and Sean in my younger days. And then once I got into pro wrestling and realized, oh, wait, I needed to know more and be more aware. Then guys like, um, you know, Triple H, guys like um, uh, Dynamite Kid, um, and then really sort of anyone and anything that I could take take from. I mean, um, trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, they're sort of my, my go-to guys, but I'll put on anything, whether it be some old world of sports stuff to see, you know, rollerball, roll rock over, because I don't know, uh, it would be, you know, an old Fit Finley or, you know, things where they, there's stuff that they, even if you watch old, super old WrestleManias, you know, there's there's guys that might, there's a kid I might not have been drawn to, but now as a professional wrestler myself, I look at them completely different. Like, I might not have necessarily liked, uh, you know, a uh, big boss man or whoever back in the day. But now when I watch him, I watch him, I don't watch him as a fan. I watch him as, as a wrestler myself. So I watch it and I take away and view it completely differently. I think that's the one of the things that is what you have to do. But the unfortunate truth in once you become a pro wrestler, once you become a pro wrestler, you never look at wrestling the same way. I can't ever sit down and get lost in it. 
and be uh, that 12-year-old boy again. Unfortunately, I am watching it as a professional myself. And that that's just the way it is. But it does kind of spoil it. But it's there's, once you become a pro wrestler, you can't look at it any other way. And if you still are looking at it like that from a fan, then you need to stay a fan. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely agree with you, man. Has there maybe been a story in the last little bit that's caught you by surprise? Obviously, you can look at great stories, but like you say, I'm not a professional wrestler, and God forbid I ever get in the professional wrestling ring. You never so. know. <laughs> I feel oh, like trust. I've seen it. I think I've, I've, you do some stuff in the ring, though, right? Oh, I ring announced, but let me tell you, you don't ever want to see me take a bump. <laughs> but that might be good. That might look more realistic. Uh, one man's realistic is one man's embarrassing, for lack of a better well, way to put it. I want to well, tie it if back we have, to... If we ever meet Spence... <laughs> uh, take a bump the hard way, I suppose, is the the way that that one's going to no go other way. It's all, it all sucks. <laughs> Completely uh, fair, man. I want to tie it back a little bit, because something as a pro wrestling fan that maybe is, is uh, controversial or you see a lot of discussion about online is when real life is really implemented into pro wrestling. And that's something that I think you and Jeff Hardy had in common a little bit was his stories with Seamus over the last year. And then, of course, your story with EC3, where your very real life issues with drinking and the problems associated with it were brought into pro wrestling. Obviously, you took part in the story, so I'd have to assume that it had your consent, it had your proverbial like seal of approval but what's your entire opinion about stories like that where it's not just uh your traditional pro wrestling tropes you know so i've got a few bullet points on this uh i think that in today's world the 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 curtain's been pulled back so far you can't ever i mean you can try but you, you can't really get it back to where it'll be and unfortunately, you know, dirt sheets and uh, what's going on backstage is unfortunately more interesting than what goes on in the ring. Now, what does that tell you? You could look at that either way. I mean, it's not necessarily a good thing on the pro wrestling. Does that mean we're not doing a good job on the pro wrestling side? Uh, so I feel like today in the way that the world is and that being what people want, you sort of have to use that or can use that as an angle uh, because people seem to be more interested in that. But then is the is that just the diehard internet fans? And are we then neglecting the the, the kids that take the mom and dad that buy the tickets, that buy the merch? You know, because they're, they're not on the internet. The kids aren't, the younger kids aren't on the internet and the adults that uh, don't care too, you know, two shits about it, that are just yeah. taking the kids. They're not on the internet. And they're the ones that you want. They're the, they're the paying consumers. And we listen to the small percentage that's on the internet. So, you know, again, I'm probably going to go off on several tangents here, but I just feel like, I guess it's kind of like a necessary evil to use real life um, in the right way. Cause I'll say this in, I, so I was, I wrestled for ICW insane championship wrestling um, throughout the years, especially during my TNA run and definitely towards the back end of it. And it was a place I really liked because it was the closest thing that you could sort of get to um, an ECW, in, you know, as a promotion in Scotland. Uh, for a while, I think they were on their WWE network and things like that. And um, I really loved it there because you could do, say, anything. Um, nothing was sort of out of bounds, whereas now you, you have to be very, 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 very careful because you're going to upset someone by accident, no matter what you do. So it's, you have to, again, 
match the risk with the reward. I tried mm -hmm. using an angle uh, with one of my prior arrests, and it was using an angle, and it was uh, obviously it was again it's sticky to talk about because some someone will get upset, but it was once my charges were dropped and it was all sort of put away. I thought, well, I want to own this. Like, I want to. Maybe we could use this as a storyline because everyone knows that this happened to me. But every the charges were dropped. It was all it was all bollocks. So I thought, well, I want to own this, and I and that's maybe use this as a as an angle. There's something that people are going to be like, whoa. But it mm -hmm. was the one of the worst decisions I ever made because uh, what not only did it re-highlight some of the bad things that have happened in my life. But it was a very sticky subject to be able to sort of bring and highlight, and it mm -hmm. didn't do me any favors at all. And it, you know, and and so it depends what you're going to use as an angle, and then and then it also, you know, <laughs> so you got to be very, very, very careful because you can look at anything, whether it's Jeff I's drinking or my drinking, and you could take offense to that, or you could be upset that it's being used as a storyline or this and that. So. It is a weird uh, sort of um, predicament you find yourself in. The drinking, however, is something that I don't mind, um, and it's something that I don't. It's not something that I don't want to ever be one of these guys that sits on it on his chair all high and mighty. He goes, "I've quit drinking. Everything's great. This is what you need to do." If I'm asked about it, then I'll bring it up. Um, I just find, I don't want to ever be condescending with it, and mm -hmm. uh, and so. But with with that too, it's amazing how many people have drink issues and or know someone that does. And if and I never thought I would get sober ever, never mm -hmm. ever. I always thought because I hate myself so much uh, and I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. That was the best thing to do because guess what? I don't care when I drink. I have I don't have to think. I don't have to look at myself in the mirror. I have a detachment to my body to my emotions. And then I get to also then blame everyone else for my for my demons, for, for my fuck-ups. Yeah. And so once I quit drinking and got away from that, I went, wow, my life is so much easier. Wow. I mean, it was obviously a long process because there's a lot of self-reflection and that never that never goes away. You know, I, I struggle daily with who I was and what I've done and what I've thrown away and the people that I've hurt and the situations I put myself in and what the general opinion that people have of me. Um, I mean, ultimately, what is important is the people who know me know me, and I can never change everyone's opinion. And once an opinion is made up, generally, that's that. And I'm not here to change people's opinion, but I am here to change people's opinion on the fact that if you want to quit, if you want to quit, because you have to want to quit, you can quit drinking. And um, and it being the best thing that I ever did is hands down the best thing that I ever did. And if I'd have done that, I mean everyone's journey is different and that is how long it took me and that is that is that is what god had me do and so that was my journey had i have done it 12 13 years ago my life especially my career would have been 110 different uh, yeah you know uh, the house that we rent I'd, I'd probably own and things like that you know and there'd be a different opinion on me but then all these other sorts of amazing, great things wouldn't have happened in my life. And also I won't be in a position to be able to tell anyone, hey, you can you can get over something that is, you can get rid of your demon. Because that's what it was. I had, I had a demon. And, uh, and a demon that's always, it's on my back right now. It'll never go away. 
but I choose to not uh, drink it in. And so with those kind of things, uh, if I always think, okay, okay, that storyline might not have played out or we might not have got to however it was supposed to go because I feel like it was kind of cut short. But I think that if, 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 and I've had it before where a few people might have reached out and they've, and, and, and I have somehow been able to inspire them to think about quitting or not quit quitting or having friends reach out for guidance on how to be able to do it, considering I never thought I could ever do it, mm-hmm. then then it makes it okay. Then it makes it worthwhile. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. that's the way I have to look at it because, uh, you know, there's no, there's no other way I can look at it. I, I want it if it, and it sounds cliche, but if it just helps one person not uh, kill themselves or, or um, I mean, because a lot of friends that have done it, they've, they've killed themselves through that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. you drink, you get more and more depressed, this and that, or people that, they kill themselves, they kill the whole family or whatever. Like, it is incredibly real. Uh, and so, like, the new me now wants to make sure that if anything bad happens and I can reach out or speak to someone, then I, uh, then I, then I, um, then I want to do that. I also recently had a spiritual, we both did, me and, uh, me and Kaylee Camille, and it's a long story. We probably won't go there, but it was a spiritual journey. I didn't realize we were both about to go on. And it's very much changed my outlook on everything. And I've realized that, like, in life, it's all about, and it's going to sound um, maybe hokey, but it's all about love, compassion, uh, humility, and um, and, uh, and and God. And, uh, and that's it. And so, like, I try to, I left that experience with rice falling out of my hands of, of, of love, compassion, humility, less ego uh, wanting to help and i just think if i can just keep that one grain because really that's what it boils down to if i can keep that one grain where i do something good uh on per not on purpose but like i go i do something good every day at least one thing where it's give some give you know some money to homeless guy or open a door for someone then then i'm doing okay you know what yeah. i mean I know this is weird. This is completely gone away from storylines. Dude, stuff. I love it. No, that's awesome. And thank you for sharing that. Like it's it's yeah. about three years now, if my math's correct, since uh since your decision to be sober, correct? You'd have to ask Kelly because I'm bad at dates. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm uh, what's the word? I feel like I'm I feel like I'm maybe intel intelligence, maybe they're wrong words that don't sound egotistical. I feel like there's certain things that I have a good grasp on, and there's a lot of things I don't, which is retaining information, any dates, numbers, <laughs> times. You know, I have uh, me and Kaylee's, and she'll kill me, but I have a wedding date tattooed on my leg. It's in Roman numerals, but I still, she's like, oh, yeah, we get married. I'll be like, ah, what day's my birthday? Trying to like subtly look at your ankle um, while she's asking. Well, it's in Roman numerals, so I, I don't even know. Oh, but, right. uh, you know, I'm just I'm really bad at re- retaining uh, retaining information, and um, and I don't even know why I'm talking about this. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, Tom, congratulations! It's a huge accomplishment. It. Like you said, it's uh, it, yeah, yeah, it it's yeah. it's a bit of a cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. Like you said, if it right. can help one person, then uh, it's certainly done its job. Now, maybe I'm bad good. here because uh, I believe it's been two defenses thus far as the NWA World Television Champ. 
Are you thinking about the lucky seven rule? Because it certainly paid off for your current champ. And I know that's a championship that you've both never held and have talked about wanting to hold at some point. So uh, what are your thoughts there as far as the lucky seven may potentially knock on wood go? I think that um, I think there's never, it's a bit like, this is probably a terrible analogy. And I'm, I've got a lot of terrible analogies. I feel like I'm 36 now. I feel like I've got predominantly most of my ducks mentally and physically in a line. I feel like it's now or never, and I want to leave a good impression on the last end of my career, whatever that looks like, even if it's because every day I know that every day that I'm in the wrestling is a blessing. I could get canceled tomorrow. I could get hurt tomorrow. Anything can happen, right? A- anything. Every day I, I am blessed. And, you know, it's like today, I didn't, need, I didn't need to go and push a pen somewhere. I didn't need to, you know, uh, be a greeter at Walmart or whatever the case may be. I didn't need, you know, I got to go to the gym with, uh, with Magic Jake, do math. And, um, you know, and, and, and I'm blessed to, to be able to live a, full life as a, a quote-unquote professional wrestler and so i just think for me it's uh it's now or never and i feel that the company trusts me enough if that is the direction that we go and i feel that i trust me enough now again it's like having a kid is there ever a good time are you ever fully ready uh i don't know you know what i mean it's, it's scary all that stuff really scares me because generally throughout my career uh, spencer i've been given the ball and i've always got the ball the company's gone here's the ball thomas and i've gone great you know <laughs> fuck the ball uh, right let's <laughs> kick that ball as far away as possible because i want to go the longest way around to get to back to where i was because i'm insane obviously and so i just want to make sure that i do everything in my power to be what I need to be if that time arises. So I'm hoping the lucky seven pays out. I think in pro wrestling, just like in life, you, uh, until it happens, you don't believe it. And you also can't ever put your eggs fully in one basket. So um, I, I'd like to say that is what I'm going to do. Will that pan out? I couldn't tell you, but it, I, I do believe it has been too successful title defenses so uh and then we've got the pay-per-view which is obviously a separate thing then we've got two days of tv i don't know how much tv we're going to film in those days so we might be a little bit close to spence or we could be right at the back again who knows <laughs> um wanted to ask you about the lucha libre world cup because from what i got to see of it man it looked like such an absolute blast I had to tune in and maybe selfishly, I was a little disappointed with the result in the team Canada match being from above the 49th myself, but we'll, we'll digress. What was the Uh, experience like getting down there for you? How cool was it to take part in such a unique tournament? So, uh, well, funny story. We're actually that mean, mean Kaylee, Camille. I'm going to say Kaylee because saying Camille's weird. <laughs> we actually spent, we were actually in Mexico three times last month. We went once for the NWA versus uh, AAA show, which was, um, you know, Billy was running a concert. And so we got to then uh, sort of capitalize on the amount of people that were going to be there and things like that. And of course, you're in Mexico, so it's embedded in their culture anyway. So everyone there that is there to see Smashing Pumpkins also, by some degree, knows of Lucha, likes Lucha. It's part of the culture. So it was very cool in that aspect where it's like you could piggyback very easily off something else that was going on there. Um, you know, 
Uh, obviously, I love uh, Billy and the Smashing Pumpkins. He's my bar, so I've got to say it. But no, I have been a fantastic <laughs> kid. But uh, I, you know, I've seen Billy a, a couple of times. I was more excited to see Interpol, which was playing before him. And I've been a big Interpol fan forever. So getting to have yeah. that experience, stood by Kaylee with, with Chris Masters, I was like, wow, my life is pretty cool. Like, it's weird how things kind of work out. You know, I do take stuff like that as a huge blessing. It's like, wow, I'm in Mexico. I just wrestled, uh, you know, just wrestled in front of 20,000 people. How many people was there? And now I get to watch it in a poll with my wife and, and a good friend of mine. How cool is that? So, uh, but of course, the the experience was cool. We got to wrestle the uh, the trios champions. Uh, we came out unsuccessful, uh, but it was a hoot. It was a blast. And uh, and and those guys, and also the AAA guys are all uh pros like i was really uh you, you gotta remember we're coming into their world uh and conan is fantastic all the triple a guys are great uh because ultimately you know uh we're stepping into their domain and yeah. they could be for all intents and purposes a bunch of dicks or, or, or whatever or not want to do business or be awkward or whatever they were all awesome and so th that was really really cool because for me especially now i'm older like uh, being in a locker room that I like, like I do at the NWA, is a massive deal to me. Like I need to be around people that I like, I love, that I've, I've you know, grown up in the business with. And if I haven't, like, I, like most of the guys at the NWA, I have, you know, been in and out of some, some company with them at some point. Like, yeah. for example, our heavyweight champion, uh, Tyrus, uh, I had my first American TV match against him in FCW in 2010. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so he's and, and Tyrus has always been a great guy to me. At one point, I was homeless, and he let me live in his house. And and uh, and then uh, and not only that, but in that match, you know, I'm just some kid from the UK, and he's like, and it's his, it's a squash match to get him over. And he's like, yeah, let's give you a few more bits. So you end up doing a putting, you know, putting a bunch of stuff in there for me. And Steve Kern was stuck to the back, like, oh, you know. And had a good go at him, like, you know, bro, this is what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I just like the kid, you know. So he's <laughs> always, so bro, this is, Tyrus has always been, you know, fantastic to me. And so, uh, but um, I digress. Anyway, so that was really cool. And then uh, me and Kaylee had a, a week holiday in Tulum. Uh, we, we literally flew. We did the, it's kind of stupid. We flew. We did the AAA versus NWA uh, Smashing Pumpkins tour. And then we flew back for like two days. And then we flew back to Tulum, which is our <laughs> holiday, which is where we had our spiritual uh, day that literally flipped our lives and our view on the world upside down. Um, you know, again, I could, that's a whole other podcast for another day. But it basically, basically, I've always questioned life and reality. And quickly, I'll jump into it. But when I was about 13 or 14, I remember being hit in the face with reality. I'd never questioned anything. I'd just plodded along with my existence. And then one day, for some weird reason, reality hit me in the face. Boom. Why am I here? Why is the grass green? What is the earth? Is there a God? Who am I? Uh, and it destroyed me because no one's got answers for it. No one still does, right? But I just had never been hit with that before. Never even questioned what we're doing here or anything. And it depressed me for months on end. And I've always been searching for answers or to know more or whatever the why. The yeah and that's why i got hugely into you know conspiracy theories and aliens and ghosts and maybe that's why i was drawn to all these things um 
And then when I had this spiritual experience there, besides a million other things coming out of it, I, I literally went, oh, I don't know anything. And it's okay. You know what I mean? It was like this weight was lifted off my shoulders. So that was really cool. And then we flew back and then two days later flew back again for the uh, for the Lucha World Cup. And so that was super cool too because there's a lot of guys that I've been around before, but a lot of guys that I haven't. Like there's a lot of other AAA guys there that were a bit more, you know, Vampiro and, uh, and Psycho Clown and Del Rio and people like that. And, uh, you know, uh, Penta and um, uh, Tyrus and uh, Laredo Kid and like lots of other guys that I'd never really been around before. And they were all awesome to deal with. And again, we stepped into their territory. It's their domain. And they were all awesome. Kona just all looked after us. Great hotel. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Uh, so, and that's not just to, you know, give them the rub because that it, it really was <laughs> awesome. Like, it was a great experience. Everyone was cool. And then I got to hang out and wrestle, you know, besides Vampiro, uh, Josh Alexander. I'd, I'd you know, been uh, around Josh maybe once or twice, but we never really got to know each other. And so getting to know Josh was a real, real privilege. Such a, such a great guy. And again, even though we only worked for two seconds, that was really cool. PCO, who we've done a lot of kind of stuff in the past. We even wrestled years and years ago when I was like 17 a couple of times in the UK. Now, oh, oh, wild. Oh, remember this, but this is this, but he had the eye patch and all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, you know, Carl's uh, crazy, so he's doing all these things. And then, uh, and then Sam Adonis is there, and me and Sam have been friends since developmental, since I, you know, arrived in America. And Sam's killing it in in, in Mexico and AAA doing his thing. So that's awesome to see too. Uh, you know, and then guys like uh, Morrison, um, uh, uh, Nitro Morrison, uh, Mr. Impact, whatever, whatever he, promotion, Johnny AAA. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know his, his, you know his misses too. She's awesome. Um, uh, you know, I don't know, it was just a, a great group of people. Joe Hendry, you know, me and Joe have known each other for years, it was awesome to catch up with him. So, just then the matches were fun. They, you know, even though it was kind of stressful because of several factors, there's so much going on on one show, and so many, and we had to wrestle twice. So we, 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 you know, as you know, we went, we, we beat uh, the, the Canadian team and then, um, and then we wrestled the uh, Mexican team and then they, they beat us. And I was blown away with like, uh, with Penta and uh, again, uh, Johnny, just, uh, just because that uh, they had like, I don't know, five or six matches. And, and and Penta and Johnny at the end, they, the time get added and then they had like a 30 minute match on top of several matches before where you've got to remember so much stuff. And so, like, I was really, and I've always, obviously, I've been a fan of Penta and, 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 and Nitro, you know, as long as I've sort of known their existence. But I was just really blown away with, with how professional they are and just uh, what unbelievable sort of fortitude they had to be able to remember all that stuff, get through it all, and it just be another day at the office for them. Because, you know, even for me having those two matches, I'm like, oh, there's uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was, that was really, really cool. And I, and I think that, I think that I'm going to be, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm going to be sort of maybe sort of sticking around AAA for a little bit. So I'm excited excited for that too. It's another place that I've always wanted to wrestle. It's essentially the WWE of Mexico. And so, uh, you know, anywhere that, that wants, uh, to, you know, wants to, to, to use me and, and, and values me, I, I, you know, I, I love and will do anything I can uh, to, to be able to give that love back. You know what I mean? So 
it, it was a really cool sort of month and uh, Mexico I absolutely love. And then just to jump on that as well, the day that me and Kaylee flew to Tulum was also the day that, um, you know, the, the cartel kind of stuff happened and everything. And so it kind of put a bit of, um, what's the word, a, a bit of anxiety in me. And then, uh, you know, uh, and then they were sort of like, I'd heard they were kind of trying to boycott Mexico and have people not go. And, and, I, and I completely understand it. Everyone wants to be safe. But I just found it kind of a bit unjust and a bit unfair that, you know, um, that, 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 that the whole country would be targeted. You'd be told not to go and things like that. When this stuff happens in America uh, every day in every, you know, I live in Nashville and we just had the shootings here and there was some other stuff that went on. And so, you know, it happens everywhere. You've obviously got to be mindful and uh, and, and and careful. But I mean, uh, me and Kelly spent a bit of time um, in um, Cancun because uh, AAA have opened up their own. Uh, it's almost like a Cirque du Soleil show. So they, they invited oh, cool. us to go watch uh, like a dress rehearsal. So that was really cool, too. And we spent a bit of time in like the the, the center of, of Cancun, away from the tourist stuff and you know, wandering around the streets in the middle of the night and eating at all these sort of places and stuff. And I felt safer there than I, than, than, than I did wandering around Nashville. So, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. But I love Mexico and uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, me and Kaylee have been trying to learn a bit of Spanish. And again, she can retain that information a lot more than me. Uh, and so, like, it, <laughs> for me, it's a, real, it's a real struggle. She goes, oh, yeah, you really aren't that. You really aren't very book smart, are you? I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> this is going to take me a lot longer than it's going to take you. But if I could remember one word, mucho, mucho gusto, nice to meet you, I'm good. You know? <laughs> well, my friend, let me tell you, it was mucho gusto to meet you today. See, that's a nice little call for me. But uh, it was great right. to meet you today. See, I will. I'll remember that. And it will be nice to see you again when we've got you back on here sooner later, sooner rather than later, my friend. This Friday, you are wrestling Bully Ray for the NWA. But in between that, where can people keep track of you online? Uh, I believe on socials, it is at Thomas underscore Latimer underscore. I think that's Twitter and Instagram. I do have a Thomas Latimer athlete page, um, but I couldn't tell you what that is on Facebook. <laughs> of course, uh, YouTube for all your NWA power and anything that isn't essentially a pay-per-view, and then Fight TV for all our pay-per-views. Um, and then I think that's about it. So I'm sure there's other stuff, but I'm forgetting Wherever I can find it, it will be in the description of this video below. Friends, make sure you're supporting the National Wrestling Alliance, Tom Latimer, and the great individuals in the promotion. Tune in this Friday to NWA 312 out of Highland Park, Illinois, as Tom mentioned on Fight TV. Tune in to Power every week on YouTube, and stay tuned to Love Wrestling for previews, reviews, breaking news, and interviews from the world of wrestling. For the NWA World Television Champion, I've been Spencer Love. We'll see you on the next one.